Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right. Good evening to those who are with us live. If you're listening on the podcast, you should come check it out live. It's pretty cool because it do some cool stuff. And today, very, very special. I got Kyrie Thompson back with us again. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have him when the Bears played the Patriots. And if anything, he might be some good juju because that was really the start of the upward trajectory of right. Justin Fields. So, I mean, I think we have to make that more consistent. And, you know, look, I, I take... I take some credit for this. I, I can't take all the credit and say that I called the win because I didn't. But everybody out here was just like, "Oh yeah, like they're the, the spreads ten points. Like this should this should get blown out." And I was like, oh, "I don't think so about all that." And and I I was telling everybody, and now everybody's just like, "Yeah, hey, you were the one who called it that the Patriots couldn't stop running quarterbacks, and they couldn't stop that man that day. Absolutely not. That was something else." And today we have a little bit of a different show, uh, a little more chill, right? It's the bye week. Uh, yeah. There's not as anything specific to talk about. So we're going to kind of do just more of a general reflection, more of a chill chat. So we're going to take it to the Bears Barbershop a little bit. And uh, they're not calling the show that because there are probably a multiple Bears Barbershop probably, podcasts yeah. out there. So I'm not going that route. But this is going to be kind of fun. Kinda we should chill. look into it, though. I think, that, I think it's a cool concept, though, right? Yeah, and if there is one, like, then we should claim it and do it. I mean, that's, like, probably too many podcasts a week for me, though. My wife would probably hate me, but, you know, is what it is. And also, holiday season. So let's look at it kind of, you know, past, present, future, right? Tie it all together. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I I feel like right now, and, and, and I mean, let's go back to a moment where the last time we talked on this where we had so many questions. And I mean, there are still questions to be had, right? But man, don't you feel so much better about the future now than you did? Well, it's crazy, right? I mean, whether it's a Bears Twitter, whether it's private conversations, you know, there was a point where the conversation was, is Justin that dude? And not just is he that dude, but is he any type of guy whatsoever? And do the Bears try to tank for CJ Stroud or Bryce Young and all these kind of that's not even even close to conversation anymore. So the fact no. that that's shifted so much is is awesome, but also kind of shows how ludicrous it was that we were even having that convo, or some people were. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, I, I understand to an extent, right, that if you don't hit on that position, then you got to keep on swinging until you get there. And I think that it was always too early for me, right? After the Houston game, people were freaking out about the fact that he had a horrible game throwing the football. Yeah, I get it. He was bad. All right. And, you know, then there was incremental improvement, right? The Giants game and the Vikings game. It's like, look at that. We're stringing a couple games together. Then the Commanders game feels different. I mean, it, it wasn't an efficient game, but it feels different if Darnell Moody catches that football. And then things just go nuclear from there. I mean, that was it's really been something else. And I think like what, what, what's funny to me is that, you know, and, and, and we, we talk with a lot of folks about this and, and I get it right. Like the idea that 
given where he was at, there had to be a monstrous leap, like a Josh Allen type leap to get to a point where we felt good about it. And it's like, we kept, we kept on kind of saying like, he's got that level of talent. He can make it happen. And it's just like, we just got to give it time, give it time, give it time, give it time. And then really just that middle of the season hit. And it just, none of us could have seen that coming. Like who does that level of just explosion in what that four or five game sequence where he just went absolutely off. And you're like, now people are ranking this guy as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And look, I get it. I get it that he he has a lot to learn as far as throwing the football. He's got a lot to clean up with, with his footwork and it's not all there as a passer yet. Yes, I get it. Okay. But look, as a player, the guy is, he's special. You don't need to qualify it. He's a special football player. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I mean, we could go through tons and tons of stats. I mean, it's almost endless in terms of what Justin's been able to do. Uh, you look at the fact that, you know, he's had a rushing touchdown in six straight games. The only quarterback in the Super Bowl era to do so. Three rushing touchdowns of 50 plus yards, the most by any quarterback for their career in a Super Bowl era, pacing for 1,206.67 rushing yards, the most ever for a quarterback in a season. And yes, that's all rushing numbers. But I don't personally, I don't care how you get the ball in the end zone as long as you get it in the end zone. And exactly. then you add it's like, like, are you scoring points? Because you right. got a lot of pure pocket passers. Oh, yeah, great. You know, they, they look so good throwing the ball and their process is so wonderful. And look at how they operate the quick game. And, and you're scoring, what, 10, 14 points a game. This man had you scoring 30 plus points, like averaging 30 points for like four straight games. And that was with him not having it all as a passer. Like that should excite you. Well, and then you add in the layers of seeing the passing game evolve that he yeah. with the tools that he has, right? Let's go right back to this most previous game. He had a couple of dimes, like that one up the sideline to Equinemia St. Brown, where basically you couldn't hand it to him any better in that scenario. Like that's, that's a special throw, you know, that you not every quarterback makes that throw. Now, are there blemishes? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of misreads he has here and there. Uh, their first interception that was also intended for Equinemia St. Brown. You, you can have that conversation of, what whose fault that was personally i felt that was really on a sloppy route and also decent coverage from jr alexander i don't know where you fall on that yeah i mean i think that it's curious because justin field says that's supposed to be a dig that's very clearly not a dig that is not what a dig looks like and and i feel like the throw i mean it was it was in clearly it was meant to go inside and i feel like if that route breaks inside, then Jair Alexander doesn't make a play. To me, it's the right read. They're in cover three. So, I mean, he, he's bailing, he's bailing. Yeah, great. He's going to drive on the throw. He's going to try to jump the route. But if Equinemius does half of the job that he was supposed to do there in terms of just coming back to the ball, that ball's never picked off. Like, maybe maybe it's not down. Maybe there's a play on it, but it's not getting picked if he doesn't take five steps to turn around. Like, that's just, that, that's just not NFL quality route running right there just no matter how you slice it to, to me that that's it that that's how i view that play um it was the right decision you can maybe argue about the physical execution where the ball placement was what have you but it was the right decision to throw that ball based on the defense based on what the read was and it's funny because again this is a conversation that we have had where it's like, we want to see him make the right reads, make the right decisions with the football. And every once in a while, that's going to result in a turnover. It's not going to turn out the way that you want. Mm-hmm. 
and like, can people have the amount of nuance to be like, okay, well, he's got to, he's got to be able to make that throw. That's an NFL throw you have to make. I don't, I don't want to hear about, well, yeah, we can't throw that ball in that situation. Real NFL quarterbacks with real NFL offenses throw that football in that situation. Exactly. They execute it though, right? And 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 the wide receiver doesn't let you pick it off. But the thing is, like, can you have the nuance? To, to be like, okay, it didn't turn out the way you want and not freak out. And I feel like a lot of people have shown they do not have the level of nuance to process that, which just is what it is. Well, and sticking with the the theme we got going on here with kind of Bears in his past and decisions we've made, or the Bears have made specifically, and I'll stick with wide receiver. What are your thoughts on some of the wide receiver moves that were made or not made and what Justin has to work with? So, for example, Nikhil Harry had a huge catch in that game. Is that just of flash in the pan. I mean, you might know better than most as you saw his career early on with Patriots and what he could and can't do, cannot do. Yeah. Nikhil Harry don't, he's not your savior. I mean, he's not that kind that play that he made. That is exactly what Nikhil Harry can do. Okay. Just he, if, if he, if he gets downfield and he gets a little bit of separation, has, has some room to do it. He can, he can go up over somebody, body you up and make a catch. He made one just like that last year with Mac Jones, where, it was at the end of the Chargers game. It's just desperation time. Jones just just chucks it as far as he can, and Nikhil Harry comes down with it. He's 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 big. He's a big body. The thing is, I view him, and and I would be very curious to see how this goes. I think that he could potentially be a very nice U tight end. I just don't think mm-hmm. he's a wide. I just don't think he's an NFL wide receiver. I really don't. Um, if he were willing to make that change. I would be interested to see what he could do in this offense. But if, but if we're talking about Nikhil Harry being a wide receiver, then not so much. And, and I'm, I see that this, this comment, you know, Pringle offers more. Yeah, he does. He does. He's, he's, he's a better just wide receiver and gives you more. He's, he's quicker. He can, uh, you know, create more space and, and be more useful to you on third downs. But again, when you look at the overall wide receiver plan to me, it was really just like, look, Justin, if you can make any kind of progress with with this and with this offensive line, we'll throw the offensive line in here too, mm-hmm. then kudos to you. Because I really do kind of feel like it was sink or swim, Justin. Um, and if and if you flame out, then there is that trick in the back pocket where if you're getting if the Bears were in a position for a top two pick, then maybe you are potentially using that on a quarterback. Maybe it's not so cut and dried with with uh, you know where his progress maybe would have been. But the fact that he has done what he's done with Darno Mooney again, Darno Mooney's been fine to me. He, he's not he's not a number one A receiver, but to me he could be a one B or or a high level number two. I think I think that he's he's shown enough to suggest that he can do that. But the rest of it, I mean, they're trying with Trace Claypool. He made a couple of plays, but. He's still not there in terms of what maybe the the hopes and dreams were. Not to say that he can't get there a little bit next year, but that wide receiver room is is definitely lacking. Well, and I love what you said with Nikhil Harry, just to to try him at that that move tight end position. I think that would be so great for him. Now, no, is he going to end up being prolific like these names? I was about to say, no, absolutely not. But if you could have his kind of athleticism and his size to try to emulate the Kittles of the world, to try to emulate the Kelsey's of the world, just to run those routes, 
just to be able to get open in space. Well, to be fair, Kelsey just runs whatever routes he wants to. Apparently, he just <laughs> free of three sides the whole time. But I, I mean, think that and, would and, open he, and he can and he's got that kind of just athleticism and, and and quickness to get open on just about anybody. The thing with Harry, right, is he's not going to get open on NFL quarterback on NFL cornerbacks. Right. It's got to be linebackers. It's got to be safeties. That's it's about matchups. And I feel like if Nikhil is being honest with himself and coaches are being honest with themselves, the experiment as just a straight up wide receiver doesn't work. Now, the interesting thing about that, though, is that if you made him like kind of a move tight end, I, I would like to see teams, maybe even the Bears, do a little bit more with him as a ball carrier. Like give him the ball on 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 like a, a jet sweep or an end around. That was stuff he could do in college. He's got a little bit of that in his game, and you could still do that with him as some kind of like, you know, super powered, you know, move tight end because he has enough, you know, physical ability, speed, quickness, or whatever to to play that kind of role. Well, and it's interesting you bring that up because that can bring us to another decision, right or wrong, if to, to make that in terms of the drafting of a Valence Jones Jr., who is supposed to be your special teams gadget and around sweep ace. And after for a couple of carries where it seemed like every time he touched the ball, he would run for 10 plus yards or a touchdown. He really hasn't been a part of the offense, even when he's been back. I mean, there were a couple, you know, some times where he actually wasn't even active. So if they're not going to hand it to him on like a end around, he's in motion constantly. Like last game, like most of his his movement yeah. was just side to side, just just as a motion guy. Are they going to do that with a with a Nikhil Harry? Is that in right now? Getsy's bag. I mean, we see it a little bit, but not consistently. In in terms of doing it with Nikhil Harry, I mean, it doesn't seem like it is. And I feel like the role that Nikhil Harry's in right now, particularly with Mooney out, is going to be a little bit more receiver ish. And I, I don't I don't know that they're going to necessarily experiment with it. I would like to see them try, though, because, I mean, look, the, the season's over right now is the time for experimentation. Now is time. It's the time to see who can do what and who can't. So I, I feel like I would I would like to see that kind of stuff a little bit more with him, because, I mean, why not? It's not going to be like and this is all hypothetical. Like, I, I think probably the more likely thing that's going to happen is that Nikhil Harry is going to hit the, the open market and he's not going to be here next year. But if you just wanted to see, like, okay, can he do more? I, I think this would be a, a good time to try it. Now, now with, with Valus, it's unfortunate because it, it seems like he clearly still doesn't have the playbook down, kind of know where he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to be doing. And that's something that's been alluded to a couple of times by the coaching staff. I mean, that pick is one where I don't think they were trying, again, to be like, let's get this guy the most dynamic receiver possible. It was almost kind of a, okay, here's a good special teams contributor. We'll see what he can, if he can grow into more, kind of a gadgety guy. We can get the ball like you were talking about and, and use his speed. But, I mean, clearly to me, the the utility of that pick was not about, oh, yeah, let's get him a guy that he's going to grow with and he's going to be a thousand-yard receiver. To me, that was never about it, which makes me wonder what the point of that was. You know what I mean? Like, you could have you could have well, easily gotten something else and drafted, like, Khalil Shakir. So, and, and it's so hard, right? Because I was literally just pulling up right now the, the list of the rookie wide receivers that were, that were taken and, you know, obviously knocking off all the ones that were taken before Bayless was – which, what receiver taken after Valus has produced? And that question isn't necessarily fair, 
because you're going to have the ones who aren't producing because they're buried, like a Khalil Shakir. I really liked him. Yeah, there's way too many guys ahead of him on that depth chart. Yeah. Right. You got like three different people between like McKenzie and Diggs and uh, Gabe, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. Like you're, he's just not going to play. So to use his production isn't necessarily fair. Vela should in theory step in and be more or less wide receiver three with what they had and the injuries. But like what, what other receiver that you've seen, would you be like, okay, that should have been the pick. instead? And I mean, I, I bring up the Shakir pick because I've I've gotten a chance to see him a little bit. And I mean, he he had he had a little bit of, of production, you know, a little bit, right, in that game that we just saw the Patriots versus the Bills. And and to me, that that was a guy that I was really interested in because again, the the the, the quickness out of the slot, you could break some tackles, good hands, you can make contested catches. Again, it's not, it wasn't a matter of like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be wide receiver one, but he's a guy that you could envision being on the team. And he probably would have produced a whole heck of a lot more in Chicago than he would there. But it, it just happened to be that, that the bills were like, man, why not go ahead and, and grab this guy now and see if we can develop him and let, you know, an Isaiah McKenzie go after a little while, if, if we think that he could step into that role, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, and that's just a, a savvy pick by them. But, I mean, it's always going to come back, and I know he wasn't on the draft board for various reasons, but it's always going to come back to, like, George Pickens. And it, it was a pick that a lot of us wanted, and it just it didn't turn out that way. It, it kind of is what it is. And the thing is, like, his production isn't what it could be because he's got Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett throwing to him. And so you wonder what that would have looked like if he was here too. But I think in terms of just guys who were taken behind him, like Shakir is like kind of top of my list. And that's, and that's a really good pick. The other ones that like kind of come to mind. I mean, Alec Pierce is a guy that I know a lot of people were high on. Uh, you got some of the guys like, I mean, Pickens is the, was a perfect example of someone that you, you guy that got away. Uh, or guys that are, that were taken after Romeo dubs. Romeo dubs was another one. That's a perfect name there too. And then after that kind of falls off. So bear, I think just bears fans had to keep in mind. Yeah. Think about third third round pick. If that's where you slotted, that's where we're going to go because that's our best player available or positional value for them in this particular draft. There wasn't a lot of other options besides yeah. one or two names. And yeah. But we cannot move away from the wide receiver group quite yet until we talk and potential ghosts of our past without talking about the most recently acquired receiver and talking about if that was a good choice or not, which I was so on board with the Chase Playful trade. I still think it could end up being good, but so far the returns have not been there. Yeah. And you know what? I think that some of it is figuring out how to use him. And then, and then of course, there's just trying to be realistic about what he is because he, he had a really good rookie year. He's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got, got all the athletic tools that you want. And then it's just a matter of like, okay, why wasn't the production there? Was it all about quarterback play? Was it about him being used properly? I feel like we got to see a little bit against Green Bay, some of the stuff he could do with that seven-stop route that Justin converts to him for first down. And then the little dig route that he catches over the middle and then he fumbles, right? Yeah. Um, but but I, I think that the when you think about Chase Claypool, I think everybody's like first thought was, oh, yeah, he's going to be the, the Gowagi guy. He's just going to be, yeah, Justin, go chuck it down there and Chase Claypool is going to go body somebody up. And I think that if, if that's the role you try to make him be, I don't know that that's him, right? Yeah. He's got the size, he's got the athleticism to do it, 
but is that actually his game? And I feel like some of the some of the routes and some of the ways that they've been using him a bit more of late, aside from the smoke screens that always get tackled uh, because everybody I'm knows so that they, everybody knows guys. that they're coming, right? Or that or the end arounds. It's like every when when Chase Claypool comes in motion, it's just like, oh well, they're probably giving him the ball. It's like when you use him on some of these other routes that take advantage of that rare size speed combination, I think you might have a little bit of something there. Now, is he going to be a wide receiver one? I, I don't, again, I don't think so, which is why I think if you're going to go into next year and you're not going to get a high profile receiver, which again, my guy over here, Jacoby Myers, if he doesn't fetch a huge contract, if he's getting paid like 12 mil, I'm cool with the bears doing that yeah, because I would be, I look the thing is that people are like, yeah, well, he doesn't fit the scheme. Well, he fits, he gets open and he makes the catch. That's what Jacoby Myers does. So if you could get that guy next to Darnell Mooney and chase Claypool, man, I, I like that. That's good stuff. But one way or another, you got to draft a guy because the jury is still out on whether or not you pay Claypool. Yeah, you traded the second round pick for him, but if he's not it, then you, you can't just pay him that money. Like, I'm sorry, you, you can't just do that. And I think like it was it was a gamble because look, we're rebuilding. We want to see what look we can give Justin for this. And you, you know, I feel like we already know Darnell Mooney's getting extended. He's going to be here. Like, I would be shocked if he wasn't. But after that, jury's out, even for Claypool. So I feel like you have to draft somebody worthwhile and try to get a star out of there. You got to do it. Well, and we can definitely touch on that in one of the other segments of the show. But last thing before we move on to our next one, what was, in your opinion, the one of the better decisions polls made in terms of where the Bears are currently? And what was one of the not as good decisions polls may have made in terms of where the Bears are currently? Well, I think about the other trades, right? The in in, in particular, um, the Robert Quinn trade. That was just an absolute just gangbusters win by Ryan Pulse. First of all, getting a fourth rounder for Robert Quinn. I, I didn't think I didn't think he was gonna get traded. I didn't think he was gonna be able to get a pick out of that. Yeah. And not only does he get the fourth rounder, but Robert Quinn like basically isn't gonna play. Like he's like going to, he's, he's out, he's hurt. And they're saying like, Oh yeah, he was kind of coming along a little bit over the past couple of games. His production was like basically nothing. So heck of a job by Ryan pulls there and the Roquan trade. I mean, getting two picks for, for, for Roquan, that was, that was good stuff. And you think about Roquan and, and what he's been doing and I get it. He's a better player than Jack Sanborn. Don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to say that Jack Sanborn is, is, is Roquan. San God in the house. Let's hear yeah. about it. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that, but he looks pretty damn good and he's undrafted and he's out there producing. And again, you don't want to get tricked into thinking he's going to be the next Dick Butkus, right? Or anything like that. Like you, you don't want to get fooled and get your, your hopes too much up, but I feel like when you see what he's been able to do and you don't got to pay that guy $20 million and he can play like that. I mean, that that's a guy that he's, he's going to be playing a decent sized role for this defense next year. I, I think so. So that that's a heck of a move. Also, just the fact that they identified that talent traded Roquan Smith and the way that he's playing absolutely justified that deal. I would throw in there for mine, uh, the move of Tevin Jenkins to guard and sticking mm. to that decision. And uh, just, I get and just J- not, not getting rid of him and, and putting yeah. him on the field finally. Yeah. 
it would have been it would have been really easy just to say fine whatever get what you can i was i didn't draft this guy let's move on but i think the other layer to that too is the humility poll showed because when they talked about the jenkins situation he talked about the communication and he talked about how maybe he didn't do what he needed to to properly communicate with his young player and that's huge i mean that's what so much of this is uh is is, is tough uh and so the fact that he was able to do that i think is big for me one of my ends that i'm like I could have done without that is signing Lucas Patrick. I know Lucas Patrick is it's, it's injuries that are weird. It's the a broken yeah. thumb is something you don't expect. You know, this, this, the toe issue is something you don't expect, but when, any decision that makes Sam Mustafer be your main center is something that I have a hard time with. And at this point, when I go back and watch the film and see, uh, you know, like Sam Mustafer just spinning in place, not knowing where to go, just holds that aren't called and, but well, you see it on the film. It's it's tough. So that, that that's just a couple of that I have. Uh, moving yeah, on I, to our Bears with presence. If, if I if I could do mine, um, do, yeah, Larry, yours, yours. Larry Borum getting such a long leash at tackle. That's he was just one. never it to me. He's just not that's that good. One. I I don't need to see any more of him. He gets he can be your swing tackle next year. Don't start that man. And yeah, and well, there's another part that we can get to on that because that is an excellent choice. The Larry Borum experiment went on unfortunately too long. For Bears was present, let's put this in the context of the next four weeks. Like, so yeah. in terms of the present season, what do you feel like the Bears need to do and can do in order to maximize these next four weeks? Well, you need to keep on seeing what, you know, a, a downfield passing attack looks like for Justin Fields. And I feel like just in terms of raw numbers, I got to see more than 20 throws a game every single game from here on out to me, there's no, there's no more excuse. I get that you, you want to win. And, and I mean, maybe you'd be tempted to be like, okay, if we can grind out a win here. We'll go ahead and, and run the football a little bit more. But I feel like just if, especially if he's going to be out there, if you're going to play him at, at less than hundred percent with the shoulder being what it is and your thought and your excuse is, well, we got to see more reps then you better give him those damn reps and let him throw the football. To me, that is, that is number one and number two, Get him through the season healthy. Okay. That that is that is literally the as, as healthy as possible. Okay. Please do not let this end on an IR trip. Number three, I want to see more Alex Leatherwood. I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that we did not hear his name very much at all. And I think he needs to just stay at right tackle and forget everybody else. Yeah, because what he had I believe, 10 plays in the last game, and in those 10 plays. Like you said, he didn't stand out. Was there? A, there was one in particular. He got a little slow off the line, and th- that's something I think Rust he can work on. But considering the fact he hasn't played a dang snap the entire year, and then now comes in, does those ten, and like you don't notice him being an issue is huge. And what are you yeah. looking for next year? Riley Reef is not gonna be here, <laughs> like or he shouldn't be. So why not see what you have in Leatherwood? He showed he's not gonna get Justin killed. So I think you should move forward with that. Another layer I throw onto that is. Like you talked about, there, there really does need to be more passing. There was too many times in the second half of that last game where Justin got you down to where you needed to be, whether it was cross the 50 or sometimes in the red zone. And then all of a sudden it was run, 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 run. There were so many run plays called after a big pass play instead of building on that. So you would have this huge, or you'd have a huge run play and you could set up a beautiful play action, but you just call it the same exact run play, yeah. or at least something that's very similar. So I think Getsy needs to be a little more adventurous in that play call instead of settling. And I think that I potentially that was the green Bay 
game specifically influencing that because I felt that way in the first Green Bay game as well. The idea that oh yeah we gotta we gotta keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. That's how we're gonna win. We got it. We gotta run the ball. We gotta control the clock, and we gotta play it that way. And I gotta be honest, none of that act, none of that matters anymore. Who cares? Okay, you're not like yes, I get it. You want to win the game. You don't want to lose. But I think at this point, you need to ride Justin Fields to a win. Okay, because the the rest of it. First of all, it doesn't matter anymore. Second of all, it's not getting it done. Okay, you 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 can't run the football to a win anymore with this roster. Okay, with with this offensive line, that that's just it's not gonna happen. And especially if Justin Fields isn't gonna be quite as much part of the running game because you want to keep him safe. So I think, I mean, especially the way that he threw the ball against Green Bay. To me, that's got to be a staple of it. You got you got to allow him to you got to let him win you games. If I'm gonna put it simply. Well, and there's this one comment I'd want to highlight. Uh, they're saying spirit playing, saying because they're tanking is pretty blatant at this point with the play calling late in games. Look, <laughs> I mean, t- coaches we'll, and players we'll take coach, it. I'm not gonna say we won't take it, but <laughs> coaches yeah. and players don't tank. Getsy is not. Getsy's not sitting there flipping through. Oh man, we're about to score too many points. Let's reel this back in. You know, are you sure? Because <laughs> that's what it felt like. It just feels like, you like know it. Our passing game is looking so explosive right now. Let's run the ball, man. Yeah, it's. I get it. I get that you want to go that route. I, I do. Yeah. It's just nobody's at the end really of the day. That. That's not. No one's doing that. Like maybe front offices do to an extent. I mean, they they'll they'll trade players. They'll set it up in a way where it's like, look, you can't win with this roster. Hey, I think this player needs to really go on IR for a little while because they seem pretty banged up. But coaches are there to win. Players are there. players are there. They don't know how long they're going to play for. Every game matters. Every game check matters. Coaches are playing for the next job. You know, gets he's got head coach aspirations. Anything that he does that is a blemish on that yeah. is players are playing for their next tank. contracts. Like, come yeah. on, man. There's there's so much they are not gonna tank. And and I think that that that's perfectly fine. They're bad enough to lose anyway. So I'm not gonna be concerned. But but again, if you're gonna lose, lose with Justin Fields learning and gaining as much as he possibly can. That's all I ask. Is there anything that you'd want to see the defense do and i say that through gritted teeth because the defense is kind of what it is whether it's because of current injuries trades and just being straight doo-doo but is is there anything you want to see from them really you know what i was really intrigued by the way a bunch of those rookies and, and young cornerbacks were playing against the green bay packers and i feel like you know what not not so that we can see, oh, yeah, or any of those guys, your potential slot corner to start next year. Like, look, you're depending on, on what you do with, with, with Jalen Johnson, whom you know I think is definitely a good enough player to deserve to be here long term. So I would like to see that get done. Um, you're going to have Kyler Gordon. I don't know where they're going to play him yet, if they're going to play him inside or they're going to play him outside. I don't know. Yeah. But he's going to be playing somewhere. But I do want to see that depth continue to to be tested. And I feel like, I don't know, too often this year you felt like, man, these these like backup DBs are, are like they're, they're just they're rough. Like they're 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 terrible. Really, like the secondary aside from the safeties and like Jalen Johnson isn't getting it done. But I mean, even Kendall Vildor, Kendall Vildor has been better this year than I expected. I have to be completely honest with you. Um, but, but yeah, I, I want to see them play as many of these young guys as possible when they get the chance to. And obviously they have to because of injuries, but I mean, yeah, just see who's going to be on this roster next season. Who can, who can potentially, if you 
desperately need them to step in and give you some solid snaps. And who's there? Who's going to give you special teams value, right? Josh Blackwell's of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Jalen Jones. I mean, th this is their time to shine. And obviously, I want to see as uh, as much of you know Dominique Robinson as possible because the the athleticism, the tools are there, and he he just needs seasoning. He's just got to go out there. He's got to play. He's got to get as many snaps as possible, and he's got to learn how to defend the run and develop some of his moves as a pass rusher. So, I mean, that one to me, I think that could be a really interesting acquisition for for the Bears. If you if you can put him in a situational role where he can grow, but right now, I mean, there's no point to not play him as much as possible. Yeah, some of those injuries are a bit of a blessing in disguise, right? I mean, you don't want Eddie Jackson going down with a foot injury like he did no. for multiple reasons, but the fact that you get to see Elijah Hicks and see what he can right. do, that's you, most teams don't get that. You are making a lot of these judgment calls based off what you do during the week and the weird the off season programs, and that's not full football. So this is a little bit of a special view you get to get that you mentioned Jalen Jones. Like I, he played fantastic. I was really surprised with how well he did against Christian Watson, who is a very yeah, big fast absolutely. wide receiver. So the fact that you can see what he could do that also fantastic in terms of going forward with who you're going to have, right? You mentioned Kyle Gordon. He got brisker. Eddie Jackson should be there. You're going to can Jalen Jones slot in there as a slot or your backup. Dominic Robinson, Rob, Justin Jones is going to be here, I would think, unless you I have would some, think crazy, so, yeah. some crazy He's gonna be here. But, but again, you're, you're looking at him as like, okay, can you be either a rotational three tech or can you yeah. slide over and be like a one or something like that or or bump down the line? One, one of these things, be versatile, because I feel like if you're talking about the real three tech that you want starting for you, to me, that's not Justin Jones. Um that not though I think he, he's he's made some plays this year. He he really has. But again, I think this is a role that you don't want to have to rely on him as your like number one. That is your dude that you're riding into battle with, which um I'm sure that we'll talk about it with a uh, Bears Miss Future, but uh I know who I want. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was going to say, let's let's take, why, let's just do it. Bears this future. There's a lot that's going to happen between now and and when 2000, the next year pops in, right? There's so much that has to get done. So yeah. none of this is final. None of all of these thought processes can change. But where do you sit? Are you, so let's say you're the Bears. You have the second overall pick and you get a, a phone call from insert team here. Are you are you thinking about that trade option in terms of a trade back? Oh yeah. Or are you just are you saying kind of who I think you were you were talking about a little bit? Are you just saying you're ignoring that call because you're sprinting to the podium? Look, I'm considering the trade. You have to consider it. It depends on how far down they want you to go and what the quarterbacks are are looking like what the buzz is. Because look, I feel like this is another situation where you, you see Will Levis getting talked up. I think Bryce Young is going to he's going to be a top 10 pick. Size be damned. He's awesome, okay? I don't care. All right, it, it, it's like it's like that man could show up to the combine looking the size of a Keebler elf and all I'm going to say is like that man can throw the football. That's all I that's all I want to see. And then CJ Stroud, I mean, yeah, he's been taking a little bit of lumps here in this sort of um, you know, the the, the football scene, but his his tools, what he can do from the pocket, again, I, I think you're going to see there you're going to see some action for some quarterbacks. For sure. The question is just going to be like, how confident are you that one of the guys that you want to draft is going to fall? Right now, in terms of how good the players are, how good the prospects are, Will Anderson is a better prospect than than I think any of those quarterbacks. Like like in in terms of just like being a better football player, so is Jalen Carter. But we know how this works quarterbacks go higher because it's the most important position in, in the game and the most important position in sports. So I would, I would absolutely consider a trade in that situation, but look, man, if you're talking about trading down to like, you know, number seven or number eight, I'm sorry, I'm going to be giving it some pause because I'm going to be thinking about, couldn't I just draft Jalen Carter? Cause that dude is awesome. <laughs> like I'm, he, he is a destroyer. He he is a, he is a, 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 a an actual just like embodiment of raw destruction, and I want that on this defense so bad because the thing is like yes Will Anderson's position is more valuable overall edge rusher is more valuable than three technique, but in this defense and in particular what it allows you to do you can play three Jack Sanborns back there if you've got Jalen Carter <laughs> at, at three technique. And pay those dudes like $3 million a year each and then just go pay everybody else that you want to pay because he's just going to go in there and kill everyone. So that's how I feel about that. And I think for a, for a while, I mean, I've been on the more let's trade back train than the draft day Carter train. And then I saw the game last week and I've <laughs> shifted a lot. Um, and one thing I wanted to highlight is I've, in terms ne- of I've that, never, I've never seen anyone do that before. He's a man. He's a man. Like, unironically. Sports. He picked a dude up and was just like, ha I sacked this, you. This is my prize now. Like I'm just going to like his away. child. He, he made that man, his son. He made another grown person, his son. And 
we're throwing out all these trade back options. And one thing I want to highlight, um, Aaron Lemming did a really good job. If, if you're not watching this, you can go to the YouTube channel. I'm going to try to highlight this the best I can. If you're watching, you can't read this. Sorry, I fit as much as I could onto the screen. Bear with me. So Aaron Lemming at Aaron Lemming NFL did a good job. Shout out Brad Spielberger on the draft value chart. What's up, Brad? Yeah. We got the draft value here if you're really interested in how much all these trades really netted. Um, so when you look at this, so you have, for example, the RG3 trade from number six to number two, right? St. Louis got the number six pick and 39 in 2000 in that same year and then first round picks the following two years the eagles made that trade to move up from number eight to number two to get carson wentz in 2016 they didn't get a for another first round pick that year they got number eight number 77 number 100 and then a future 2017 and a future second in 2018 and then the mr Bisky trade we all know and love as bears fans which that didn't include another first round pick and you can go all the way back to Ryan Leaf, but now we're just going into the annals of time. I don't think you have to really look at that. Um, the other thing you'd want to highlight are some trades are similar, but not the same, right? I mean, you end up having the the trail of the Jared Goff trade where people they move from number 15 to number one. Even in that one, Tennessee received number 15, but also number 43, number 45, and 76. So you didn't get another first round pick, a bunch of other trade picks in there. The Trey Lance trade from number two to number three you ended up getting a first round pick and a third round pick and a future first round pick. Now I highlight all that. And I threw all those numbers at you because I want to say getting another first round pick is not likely. And the trade values yeah. are all over the place. Like, so people keep throwing out that De the Detroit Lions. Could you get a in an NFC North tax and get that fourth pick, let's say if they season ended today, and get that fourth pick and their 15th pick. History says probably not. Yeah, and I mean, they're not going to want to do that. Because, again, it, it's like in in division. So it's like they, they, they don't want to give you more opportunities to help yourself just to, to get a quarterback. I feel like they would much rather just trade with somebody else. You know what I mean? And, and again, if they're at number four, then they're probably going to, you know, yeah, say, yeah, say it's like if they, if they were, you know, uh, you know, at, at number four overall, they're probably going to get their guy anyway, because somebody's going to, or they're going to get a guy because somebody's going to draft Jalen Carter and somebody's or somebody's going to draft Will Anderson. They're going to get a shot. So yet yeah, I, I think that the thing is having more draft capital is, is always preferable to having less, um, or I would say generally, right. And so let's say you could get somebody to trade up from from number eight, and you pick up an additional two, you know, uh, you know maybe maybe an additional three or something like that, and then like maybe you get a second round pick next year or whatever. Like that, that's it's good, right? That that's absolutely good. But I think the thing that I I want to I want to think about here is you have the idea of what you could do with that pick. And then that eventually turns into a player, and then you're going to be thinking about, okay, is that player worth what you know we what we the giving up the opportunity to draft Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? Because look, in in the end, that player that you would get in the second round or the third round is probably going to be a good player, but maybe they're not. Maybe that might be a starter for you, but are they going to be a great player? Are they a blue chip talent that could change your defense, that could change your team? That's the thing that you have to think about. And I feel like with the Chicago Bears, 
I absolutely love what they did last year in the later rounds in terms of like, let's just get as many bites at this apple as possible. Just get a lot of players, a lot of talent in here. See, see who, you know, how many opportunities we get of finding a useful player. But man, when it comes to really turning things around and really putting yourself to, in a position to win a Super Bowl, you want the best of the best. You want the blue chippers. And to me, I, I feel like it, it's going to be hard for me unless that's a king's ransom, unless you did get another first round pick back, honestly, for me to say, right. I'm going to just I'm, I'm going to I'm going to just take the trade down just to take it to me. I don't know that I agree with that. Especially at number two. I, I would you know agree what I with mean? that. We went through, yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, I just looked, took a peek at the, the Panthers draft picks. They're, no, they're a team that could get a quarterback, right? They're sitting at six. That's not too far of a drop. But you're looking again, and you're looking at a second and a third, which are, which are valuable picks, of course. But, you know, if you're looking truly to make a change and you can get what Iberfus has talked about is really the cornerstone of this defense at three tech and, and who Jen Carter, who could be the most talented and best prospect in the draft, you have to take a look. So the next layer to that then is, okay, well, how do you fill some of those other gaps? We talked about the offensive line. They've been better, but they, they need some work. The wide receiving core needs some work. Just off the top of your head, are there any offensive linemen or wide receiver agents that you'd be like, mm, this is kind of interesting? Like in ter- in terms of like if we were to if we were to trade down from from number two and and like pick somebody up else in the first round, like that. Would oh, not even that. Let's just you're you're the Bears. You're sitting there. Not even that. You're the Bears. You're looking ahead. You're saying draft the draft. We got, got tons of money. We can, we can probably can fill some holes on this offensive line, wide receiver core. Is there anyone that you'd throw some cash at? I, I guess I, I probably could stand to look at this a little bit better. So I don't want to just spit like random names at you. Um, I know one person that was uh, being talked fire. about and, and, and I, and I can give uh, a little bit of insight into this. People were like, Oh yeah. What, what, what about, uh, you know, could, could we pick up somebody like Isaiah Wynn? And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know if you want to do that because like people are talking about, do we want to trade him or do we want to snap him up if he's cut or so? I don't, I don't think so. But you know what randomly did stick across my mind is I don't know that Trent Brown's future with New England is a hundred percent set in stone. My guess is that he would probably be here next year, but this year has not quite gone entirely to plan and if there was a situation where one trent brown hit the market i would do that i would definitely do that if i was the chicago bears because he can pay he could play left or right tackle go ahead and throw that man where wherever you want he's massive and he's and he's played well i i think i think he's just generally played good football when he's been healthy and and not sick because apparently he's just sick all the time um, but that, that's kind of like what I would say just from, from my personal viewing. Yeah. Just a couple names. I mean, I pulled up the free agent list and all this is going to change because people are going to get franchised. People are going to get resigned. There's going to be tons of stuff that happen. Uh, as we know, a lot of the big wide receiver names are just gone now, which, which is, I think one of the reasons yes. why Foles traded for Claypool when he did, um, because the list is not great, but I mean, could you, could a Sterling Shepard help you out you mentioned jacoby myers i could be in uh, with could, that yeah you, i could i could be in with the sterling shepherd 
Juju Smith-Schuster, like if maybe he just isn't feeling Casey, Kansas City. So there's some there's guys, and then hopefully, like you said early in the show, you use maybe a second round, third round pick, and you get another young wide receiver. In terms of offensive line, I mean, there's actually some dudes. You got you can get uh, Jason Kelsey if you just want a center that's just really good and solid. I mean, unless he finally retires, you can get an Orlando Brown Jr. I'm not a fan of Orlando Brown Jr. I think he's very bleh, but some people really like him. A Michael. It's McGinchy. like I would rather I would rather a Trent Brown if we're if we're gonna yeah, go with exactly. That. I would um, much rather if, go Trent if, Brown if he were to hit the market. Um, but like I've seen people say Jack Conklin, I mean, solid guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely be down with that. Yeah. See, I, I know the receiver market pr- perhaps a little bit better since since you were talking about that. And obviously I mentioned Jacoby Myers. But yeah, I think I think, again, it's about how you want to construct the room. So to me, I think a guy like a, a Jacoby Myers or a Sterling Shepard or a Juju would be exactly exactly what I would, what I would want them to do. And the thing is like Juju, you could probably get at probably a similar price to what you got him for this year, which was like, what was that? Like 9 million or was it, was it a touch over? Was it like 11? Uh, his 2022 average value is at 3.7 mil. Wow. Okay. So I was way off, but yeah, like that, he, he, that kind of, of it's very incentive laden. It's very incentive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I think is like worth like, whatever uh nine million or whatever uh you know yeah. with, with incentives or whatever like if he plays and so like yeah that kind of deal i'm a thousand percent on board with that you just got to draft a guy as well because yeah i i don't i feel like you can't just go through this free agent period and be like oh yeah well just because they all suck we can't take one of them no you still got to do that because you you got you've got to find you've got to find productive bodies you didn't see enough of byron pringle i think to merit bringing him back in my opinion. Oh, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bringing him back for anything. I don't care what he can come back for a dollar. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wow, tell us how you really feel. Um, but yeah, to, to me, I, I think you, you've got to get somebody off of this class, but the thing yeah. is like somebody who, who has actually produced in the NFL and not another Equinemius St. Brown though. If you were talking about bringing Equinemius St. Brown back as your wide receiver five, I could probably get with that. Yeah. Totally different conversation. I would love that instead of your wide receiver two. Yes. Or your wide receiver one, which is basically what he was this past game. Oh God. So point being, and I, I to, to add to what you were saying earlier, I think you can fill, you can fill some of these holes in the offensive line. You can fill some of these holes at wide receiver, uh, some of these other positions, and you can still get that blue chip guy. You don't have to trade back and get two more picks this year in order to make this team functional for next year. Yeah, and I think that again, it's about, and I've I've seen somebody say this, and and I mean, look, it it makes a lot of sense. You can't fill every single hole in one off season. I mean, this Bears team is bereft of talent. They, I mean, this was a total teardown, except for the quarterback. Basically, the quarterback and one of your wide receivers that you that you know you're going to have, and then you got a couple of pieces in place that that you might want to re-sign or that are just going to be around like veteran players. But for the most part, there's a complete rebuild except for the quarterback. And you found out you like that quarterback. He's going to be here next year, and it's time to start building around him. So, look, you're probably going to be talking about, can we make this offensive line solid? Okay, can we make them decent? And then can you make this receiving core decent? Because I don't, as they're currently constructed, unless they just hit on a rookie who blows up, it's going to be more good or decent as opposed to elite which could be fine 
now the question is going to be, can you get blue chip players on, on, you know, with that first pick, whether it's offense or defense, which I think it's probably going to be defense, right? Or if you did trade back, can you get yourself a really good offensive tackle or something like that? And and a, a cornerstone left tackle, that would be sweet. I feel like that's going to be something that they're going to be trying to looking look for one way or another, second or third round, or or even in the fourth round, taking guys that they they feel like could develop into that role. And and I think honestly, like yes, it is more it is most important to make sure that Justin Fields has what he needs to succeed. But again, the idea that you could potentially get a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter as a cornerstone of the defense that makes everything around them better means that, I mean, you don't have to worry about those positions later on because you've already got them and you've got them on the cheap. And it means that maybe you don't have to devote quite as many resources to that side of the ball because you can, you can build around the fact that I've got an absolute baller right here that can help cover up from, for some of my other things. And then I can focus on the offense and giving Justin Fields what he needs. Let me throw, oh, we got, I got two questions for you and then we're going to, we'll wrap up the show. You get option a, which is you can, you can draft Carter, right? Option B for some reason, the Lions are enamored with one of these quarterbacks and will trade both of their first rounders to you. And you can draft both Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern, depending on what your thought is on him. I'm just going to use him as an example. And you could draft Quentin Johnson, Johnson, excuse me. Which, which one would you take of those two? Ooh. See, I, I feel like, and, and I, I probably haven't watched Skaronsky enough, but I've seen people have concerns about his arms and whether or not that's going to mitigate how mm-hmm. good he can be a tackle. I don't know that I, that would make that, that that would make me cross him off the list right now. Cause I mean, we've seen people be effective with, shorter arms um johnston oh, that one's intriguing for me because he's got all the size and kind of mutant like long distance speed and frame and all that good stuff that you can think of but but Six again foot it's four, like, 215 pounds i mean i would love to see how he tests right because that's going to be the other thing yeah. if that dude's running a four four at that size it's like whoa, whoa. okay uh, and and i think look if you're getting both first rounders I feel like it's hard to to not take it. If I'm going to be honest with you, I feel like you probably want to do that because you got you got to keep thinking about the future here, and you got to keep thinking about how to make your team as good as possible as quickly as possible. And two first round picks is is, I mean, that's top of the list. Plus, you're probably going to get more than that too. You're probably going to get an an extra like you know future third rounder or whatever thrown in there. Um, right. At the same time, I mean, yeah, that would be tough for me to give up on Jalen Carter. But again, I feel like if you're doing what's best for the Chicago Bears and you can get yourself two first round picks, you probably want to go ahead and do that. And again, depending on where the pick is, if that happens to be a top five pick that you're playing around with right there, you might still get your guy anyway. So I think you definitely Mm -hmm. do it in that case. I mean, that's the thing. You look at the draft again season there's four weeks left so this is going to change but you got houston chicago uh seattle detroit philly i mean seattle who knows maybe they're they're like fine with geno smith uh, if you're if the eagles are clearly fine they're not taking someone with hurts maybe you're still sitting pretty you, you never know uh last question i got for you uh four games left right we got eagles bills lions and vikings 
what are you going to say is the record in the last four games for the Chicago Bears? Oh, and four. I would agree with that. I'm going full 0 and 4. The only reason they might steal a win is because the Vikings sit everybody because they they're not playing for anything. Exactly. Like that that would be that would be the only thing if they have their seeding completely wrapped up, if there's even an opportunity that they can get the number 1 seed then maybe they play. But otherwise, I mean, especially if, if the Eagles just don't lose, I mean, then they've got it wrapped up, so why care? Um so yeah, I I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be an 0 and 4 and I mean honestly even if the Vikings did sit people, I mean that's still not a guaranteed win. It's really not. It's it's, it's a rough. Anywho, that's our show. I appreciate you popping on again. Uh this means that Justin's getting at least a plus 10 boost to his overall rating just like he did last time. Kyrie popped on with us, so Bears fans, make sure you give him a like, a follow, all his stuff. You know, I get it. Yes, he's he's a Patriot, pay covers Patriots, but he has some great Bears stuff going on too. You know, Bears fan at heart. So make sure you give him a follow. Yeah, man, I'm from I'm from uh, Northwest Indiana, so you know that that's I'm I'm with my heart is with you all, Bears fans and bitterness and health and all that good stuff. Oh my God, well, you, you'd be surprised how many people come to be like, oh, you're a Bears fan. I'm like, yeah. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we were given the gift of Justin Fields, and that's all I'm going to think about, you know, in this holiday season. But, um, you know, bear the hell down, everybody. <laughs>